Hello, everyone. I missed you last week. Thank you for your patience with me while I reprioritized my time a little bit. I have more to share on that front, but I'll do it at the end of the episode, so stay tuned for that. It comes to my attention, it came to my attention, I should say, that it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, so happy Valentine's Day to all who celebrate. Um, I, for one, do not, not for any particular reason. I'm not anti-Valentine's Day. I just don't particularly care about it. Though I know, I know it's one of those days that can feel very overwhelming and filled with comparison, no matter what your relationship status is. Um, so when I say I don't care about it, I mean I don't have strong feelings towards it. And I recognize that you can be a person, you can be a person who doesn't care about Valentine's Day, but still experiences strong feelings when it happens, particularly when it happens online. For example, you might be in a great relationship, but you follow some dude who like posts a novel about how beautiful his partner is on Valentine's Day and how lucky he is to have them and how amazing they are. And then you might feel bad that your partner isn't as vocal on social media, which you never would have cared about if you weren't online seeing some other person's content. All of that's to say, if Valentine's Day makes you feel inferior, maybe practice a little extra self-care tomorrow by spending less time on social media. Easier said than done, I know, but I notice for myself that on days when I'm extra sensitive to comparison or just sensitive in general, which has been a lot recently, I feel better when I spend less time scrolling. On the topic of caring for oneself, this week's letter writing exchange is all about dealing with shame. There's one letter today instead of three. More on that on the end. If you haven't followed the pod yet on your preferred platform, please press that button now and uh, time for the letter. I'll see you on the other side. Hello, A's. I find this email embarrassing to write. It's the first time I've ever done anything like this. I even created a whole new email account that didn't use my full name. I'm in my mid-twenties and have had zero romantic experience, like zero. I'm not religious or anything like that, but for whatever reason, I've just never been in a relationship, dated, or hooked up with anyone. I'm a full-grown woman who hasn't had her first kiss. Even writing that, I feel so embarrassed. My Jewish mother often texts me about finding someone, and I just laugh it off or shrug. She used to want me to find a nice Jewish boy, but now I swear she just wants me to date anybody. It's embarrassing to never have someone to introduce to my family. This whole situation makes me feel unlovable. Maybe I'm just really ugly or have a personality that doesn't attract people. Does the universe hate me? Am I doomed to be alone forever? There's nothing wrong with being alone, but I don't want to be. The older I get, things become progressively harder. Maybe I should put myself out there, but I don't even know what that means. I don't spend time in bars because I don't really drink much. Clearly my luck isn't good enough to have a rom-com meet cute and setups never really come through for me. I'm too embarrassed to be on apps because I feel bad knowing that I'll be uncomfortable in any hookup situation. I don't want to lie to them and have them wonder why I'm so uncomfortable, but I can't tell the truth and risk being humiliated or fetishized. So I just end up putting it all off and I avoid dating altogether. I hate lying, Hayes, but this is the one thing that I straight up lie to all my female friends and family about. When they bond over dating stories, I make up my own based on songs that I listen to. Or I say that I don't like talking about guys like that because I wouldn't want him locker room talking about me. I feel like I need to keep this a secret because it's just so embarrassing. I used to be honest about this stuff, you know, a good high school secret to be whispered at sleepovers, but then I started lying to my family, which turned into lying to friends and eventually lying to my closest friends. Now I can't even reach out to my support system for support because I've been lying to them. I've even written sex positive marketing copy for a woman's health company once, so I've literally lied to the world. 
I know this problem is common enough, especially with people coming of age in the pandemic, but it still feels so embarrassing. I feel like there's no solution. All I can find is generic advice like everyone grows at their own pace or you're definitely not alone. And those don't help. Please offer your thoughts. Thanks for all you do. Yours, impending 50-year-old virgin. Hello, my love. Thank you for sharing this with us. The first thing I want to say is that I don't think you or your situation is embarrassing. I didn't get that secondhand cringe feeling that sometimes appears, you know, when you watch someone have like complete and utter lack of self-awareness or when they're unkind to someone else. Those are the moments when I feel embarrassed listening or watching someone. I wouldn't have thought about embarrassment at all if you hadn't used the word six different times in your letter. So I know, I know the feeling is quite real for you. And I also know how debilitating that feeling can be. What did come through for me in your letter is how powerful your shame is. And that, that made me just want to give you a hug and tell you that it's going to be okay. Shame can be such a bitch. I recognize yours because mine sounds similar and she's um, been loud recently. I've been learning how to engage with her, relearning how to engage with her. And I say relearning because dealing with shame is never a one and done gig. Every time she comes, every time she comes in my head, there's a moment where I forget how to talk to her. And sometimes that moment turns to hours, to days, to weeks. Sometimes it's not just a moment. She's bossy and convincing and an overachiever. And sometimes it feels easier to just let my shame run the show. But something happens typically that snaps me back. And I remember that she's not in control of my life. I am. And I have to learn how to engage with her, my shame, all over again. And you do too. You mentioned how unhelpful some of these classic advice lines are, like everyone grows at their own pace and you're definitely not alone. And I think that besides the fact that those are just overused platitudes, I think they don't resonate with you right now because they don't acknowledge the agency that you have. They position you, whoever's receiving those words of advice, they position you as sort of like passive, bowing down to the life and path you've been given. And you just have to be at the mercy of whatever fate has in store. And frankly, my love, I, I think that doesn't work for you because you are ready to take action in your life. I think you see that you have to do things differently. You won't find what you're looking for unless you take control of your shame, the same way that I won't find what I'm looking for unless I control mine. So what are you looking for? I want to challenge you that what you're looking for isn't actually a man or someone to date. It's not to have your first kiss or to lose your virginity. What you're looking for is some sense of inner peace and self-acceptance and love. And I have no doubt that you will also find intimacy with another person, but you will not attract those things in a way that feels good for you until you do something about your shame. So where do we begin? I think it begins with regarding your shame with love instead of hate. You know, I think we hate our shame. We think of shame as something bad and... We have to think of it with love because our shame doesn't hate us. Shame, and I'm thinking of shame with a capital S, like it's a um, living being. Our shame thinks it's protecting us from something, though it's not very effective at its job right now. I've been asking myself this recently as I've been dealing with a lot of personal shame. What does my shame think it's protecting me from? And what does it tell me I need to do in order to stay safe? So for me, 
My shame tells me that I'm only worthy if I achieve things. So to protect me from feeling unworthy, it encourages me to overextend myself. And sure, sometimes that's helped me achieve things, which has been cool, but it also leads me to burnout and depression and hurts the things in my life that matter most. So in that way, shame is not effective. From reading your letter, it sounds like your shame tells you that you are embarrassing because you've never been with a guy. And to protect you from feeling humiliation, it tells you to lie to people. And to take it a step further, it tells you that you're not even going to put yourself in a position where a guy could reject you. But in an effort to protect you, shame has been driving you deeper into the ground. And I know what that's like. I've spent much of the last few weeks trying to wrangle my shame with love. And that involves a lot of like talking to myself and journaling and taking baths and like truly treating myself the way I would like treat my nephew or something. Like the baths, I've never been a bath girl, but I've been literally trying to adopt the nighttime routine of an infant and toddler. I've been trying to give myself a lot of love and telling my shame explicitly that I'm not going to let it control my life anymore. I'll show you what I mean. Um, I'm pretending to be you now, okay? So imagine that it's imagine that it's you talking to your shame. Hi, shame. It's me. I'm here today with some tough news. So first, I want you to know that I love you and I understand you. However, starting today, I'm switching up our strategy. You are not making my decisions for me anymore. Our plan, you know, the one we've been doing, it hasn't made me feel better, and I want to feel better. I'm ready to feel better. I know your intentions have been to protect me from rejection from people who might judge me, but I realize now that people are going to judge me no matter what. So they're either going to judge me and I'm going to be alone with you, my shame, or they're going to judge me while I open myself to love. And just like you, shame, love comes in many forms. I'm going to see what it's like to let love lead the show. I don't know if it'll work. I'm scared to try, but I have to do something different. This decision is final, so don't try to change my mind. Love is leading the way. That's one piece of the puzzle here for you. Talking to our shame with kindness and gently letting it know that it's not the boss of us. You've been letting shame dictate your decisions for too long. Its day is over. Another more specific piece of your puzzle we have to dismantle are those worst case scenarios that you believe in, the what ifs. You've convinced yourself you're going to be bad at stuff, kissing, sex, dating, all of it. You think you're going to be humiliated or fetishized, fetishized. I cannot get that word right. Fetishized. I'm not even going to try. You think you're going to be humiliated and you simply can't risk any of that. But actually, you must risk it. You must. And if you don't believe me, just remember that not risking it is not working for you. Everything worth having requires taking a risk. So I want you to try replacing those what ifs. So instead of saying, what if they fetishize me when I tell them I've never done this before, you say, what if they are patient with me? What if they're curious? What if I have fun? You also mentioned that you can't reach out to your support system because you've been lying to them. I imagine the what if there is, what if they hate me? What if they're upset? What if they don't understand why I haven't told the truth? Well. What if they do understand? What if they thank me for telling them? What if my vulnerability inspires them to share something vulnerable with me? What if my honesty helps them? What if my honesty makes me feel better? It will. I know it will. The other thing is that I know you're scared of telling the truth. I know you're scared of putting yourself out there of what's going to happen when you do go on dates. But I want you to know that what you've put yourself through, the way you've been talking to yourself, it is worse than what anybody could possibly say to you. And the truth is that some people are not going to get it. 
Some people are going to try to be supportive, but they're going to say something that makes you feel weird. But truly, nothing is going to be worse than what you've already said to yourself. Your shame made sure of that. Your shame made sure that you hurt yourself first so that no one else could. And you know, she did a decent job. People are still going to hurt you though, love. You're going to feel pain even when you put yourself out there. And when you do, shame is going to come back and say, you should have listened to me. But we know how to talk to her now. She doesn't have the benefit of knowing that love is worth discomfort. But I do. And you do too. Okay. I hope that felt better for you than everyone grows at their own pace or you're definitely not alone. Though I do hope that at the end of listening to this, you do feel less alone. Thank you for listening. If you haven't yet, follow the pod on your platform of choice. And if you like this episode and haven't left a review yet, please do. I really appreciate reading them. It's funny. I think of myself as a fairly vulnerable person. I'm comfortable admitting that I'm not okay, that I need help with something, but I'm not particularly good at saying when I've taken on too much. It's one of the forms of vulnerability that I actually like feel sick to my stomach staying out loud, saying out loud. Um, but in writing this week's letter about shame... I realized that the reason I feel so ill saying I've taken on too much is because the reason I take on so much is because my shame wants me to, right? It, like it thinks it thinks that if I overextend and I say yes to everything and I do more and more and more that I will that it's protecting me from something that I'm scared of. All of that's to say, I bit off more than I could chew when I said that I could produce a 45-minute video podcast every week by myself for now, given the other things on my plate that are important to me. However, I want to continue making this podcast because I believe in it. And when I think of what Hello Haze can be in the long term, I see audio as a really valuable and enjoyable way for us to connect. So my question for myself right now is how do I make this sustainable? And since I don't have the money yet to hire someone to help me with the production, how do I make it sustainable by myself? And with the help of my husband and a few people who have my well-being and my ambition in mind, I'm you know figuring out what all of this looks like when sustainable. And I don't have an answer yet. And I might not have an answer for a minute. So I'm going to challenge my urge and that feeling in my stomach that wants to give you an answer just for the sake of giving you one. This week, I tried making an audio-only episode with only one letter. I'm going to continue experimenting to see what works best for me and my goals and um, what is what I think is good. You know, I can't promise that I'm going to produce an episode every week for now. I can't promise that every episode I do release will be exactly the same format, but I can promise to always be myself and to provide value and to share art that I'm proud of whenever I do show up here. And it feels very frightening to take some pressure off. Like it, at this current moment, it doesn't actually feel like taking pressure off, but I know that's what I'm doing. My shame voice is like, you need the pressure everywhere or you're never going to have what you want. Everything needs to feel like pressure or nothing's going to happen. But we know how shame works now. And to her, I say, hello, sweet girl. I know you're scared, but if you take a little pressure off, everything is going to crumble. It makes sense you feel that way since pressure has gotten you this far. It isn't working in the way you want it to right now, though. We have too much pressure everywhere. Because it's everywhere, it's not as effective in the areas it needs to be. This is not a failure on your part. We've never done this before, so we're learning our limits for the first time in public. And your tendency, sweet shame, is to just keep going. And we're going to keep going, but my way, love's way, not yours. Remember what Brian said to you the other day when you panicked about, God forbid, scaling back? He said, you're not scaling back, you're reprioritizing. 
All we're doing is moving things around so that our girl Alexandra can be her best self. I love you and it will be okay. It is okay. It is okay. Okay, now I'm talking to you again, Hazelnuts. (sighs) My goal is not to be inconsistent with my cadence forever. Let me be clear about that. But it's the stage we're in right now. Um, And resisting that reality is only hurting me and my work. And I love myself, so resist no more. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.